beautiful, healthy, vibrant, happy littles. Welcome back to this cozy little corner. I am drinking a beautiful, beautiful iced cardamom coffee, which I know I mention on every episode. It is my obsession um, in this beautiful vintage, like flower power style glass that is clear, but looks like those, it just reminds me, I think they were called Lisa Frank stickers of this like, yeah, 1960s flower power um, type of flower that is, um, yeah, just like blown into the glass and it's so cute and chic and a beautiful glass straw. And I was going to take a picture of it, but I am in this habit lately of taking mental pictures. Um, I just think of that, like the thing that um, Kirsten Dunst did in Elizabethtown, which is something my mama does too, like taking a mental picture, holding up a, a like air camera and clicking it. And I think if you are in the space of like creating lifestyle content, um, like obviously I'm talking about this now, but um, even that, like there are some things where I'm like, oh, every exciting thing I need to make a, a note of it and so I can share it on the podcast or take a picture so I can share it to the Instagram, which if you're not following is at happy little things, L-I-L things pod. Um, there was this like stunning winter sunset the other day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to nourish myself with this. I'm going to breathe in this beauty, relish it, and like drop my shoulders, not feel the need to like scramble and find my phone, and sort of consume this for myself instead of it being something that I will kind of share. And I love, I think something that... um is underappreciated with like the millennials and the Gen Z and and anyone of any age who shares content online is that it does, I think it gives you an eye to appreciate beauty more when you are looking at it through your like imaginary iPhone camera. If you choose to like take a breath and not reach for the, for the, picture not that this is like a virtue thing but if you're like okay I don't always have to capture this you're kind of like you're ingesting little bites of beauty more often and that's actually something that this um, transpersonal psychologist that I went to for many of my formative years um, like all through my teens and early 20s she would say that that's something really beautiful about our generation um, is the fact that we're always taking, which I thought was interesting because she's like a totally off the grid, didn't own a cell phone, um, like granola kind of lady. And she's like, it's wonderful that you're always like zooming in on, on pictures of flowers and taking a picture of your cup of tea with the steam coming out next to a book. And yeah, it's the whole romanticizing life thing. Um, sort of just imagining, which is something I've done my whole life. And I remember I felt so seen when um, we were driving home this like road trip, the first and last like real hardcore festival I ever went to. Um, I just don't think it's for someone who's like so sensitive and has like princess and the pea tendencies like I do. But I went to Bonnaroo with a group of like other New York Jewy, um, sort of pseudo cousins, like a group of people that I grew up with. And, um, yeah, we did this long road trip down to Tennessee. Um, and I remember the eldest of us, Ariel, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, I remember, um, we were listening, I think it was that song that was so popular at the time, or it's like Alabama, Arkansas, I don't remember what it's called, but, um, and she's like, do you ever look at the person who's driving a car and just imagine that this is their life, and it's like a music video or a movie, 
And I remember, this is like one of those little moments that I, I keep in my like, yeah, sort of like a wallet, wallet photo of like memories where I felt so seen and I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. Um, because I always do that. I'm always, even when I had like a tiny iPod shuffle, I would put in music and just imagine myself in like this movie and do the same with other people. Um, and I think it's one of those things that a lot of us do and now it's sort of trending right to like go on a hot girl walk and listen to music and I think it's such a fun manifestation technique um of putting in music and imagining your in your dream life that was my dishwasher excuse me but um yeah, and to enjoy those moments without needing to share them um, and have trying to find a balance between that and whatever that looks like for you um, is something I'm excited about. So I am sitting here in a sea of laundry and um, wooden boxes that I get my organic produce in. Um, that's how I'm organizing my laundry right now. And like always, when I just feel suddenly inspired to record, that's what I do. Um, so yeah, I am having my lovely coffee and I was just listening to an interview, um, with Marianne Keys. The, one of the things that I'm most grateful this year is finding her books. I have bought every single book and, um, listened to every audiobook, every interview, and I just, it's interesting finding, um, to find people who I, I'm noticing, like, I feel like growing up and this could have just been how it was at the time, but I didn't really relate to a lot of like young American women for whatever reason. And I didn't feel my experience reflected in them in like the mix of being, pretty neurotic um and then having this like level of self-loathing in like a funny charming way if I do say so myself and but also being like super um like heady and over intellectualizing feelings and just like being such a thinker and kind of feeling like I was just really weird and quirky um and then I studied abroad and I met another girl another Jewish New Yorker granddaughter of a holocaust survivor who had this like really dark twisted humor and was a total overthinker hilarious self-loather and I felt so like wow okay someone else gets me um and then I think it's called obvious child I saw this movie with Jenny Slate and the mix of like her like raunchy yeah just Jewish dark hair, curly New York girl, New Yorker, um, personality with Marcel Lachelle, which was also her creation and like being really, yeah, like love, just like doing weird little cute things was validating. And then this is another experience where like, um, sort of like Bridget Jones diary and everything that Marion Keys writes, it's these like, like idiosyncratic, um, women who are all so Marianne is talking about how she's in recovery she was an alcoholic and so I feel like anyone who has hit a rock bottom in some way and is like has this propensity for perfectionism and wanting to improve um mixed with being yeah just like a overthinker um kind of brainy person um yeah I just relate to and so all of her stuff is so delicious and I was thinking that is one of the things that I'm grateful for this year and this episode is airing one day before I turn 30, officially closing out my 20s which I am now at a, I feel like I'm at a pretty good place about. There was so much anxiety when I turned 25 um, and I was like, okay, I have not had the young, wild, free 20s girl experience enough. And then those five years, like, no matter what, I just kept 
getting dragged underwater into the underworld, the more I like flailed and tried to stay at the surface and tried to have what I thought was like a young, hip, wild, bright, magnetic, shiny, party girl, friend-filled 20s, um, the worse it was. And so it was like I kind of had to just let go and let myself be dragged down and um, it makes sense, like my Saturn return um, was transiting the eighth house, which is all about like the psychological, the unseen psychological stuff and like inner child healing and um, it's ruled by like Pluto and Scorpio and all that. So man, it has been hard and I think the most helpful times that I've had like the most helpful saying this whole time which is so not like a new age spiritual quote is just if you're going through hell keep going um and just having people validate to me like the work I'm doing um my brother my mom um my friend Becca like who from the outside, I often felt like, oh, this looks so self-indulgent and like navel-gazing. And they're like, no, you are. They People who have that language to understand like the quote-unquote work and breaking generational curses and doing um, inner child healing and all of that, they were like, it's just such, it's all brown, groundbreaking stuff and you're so brave and you're so strong and keep going. And often that was like the only medicine... Um, that got me through it. So I have survived my 20s. Would I say that I've thrived in my 20s? I have had quick little tastes of thriving that have sort of kept me going because I know what that feels like and I have this deep belief that uh, that I was I'm meant to thrive. <laughs> I'm meant to feel good. Um, and yeah, that's what this our incarnation is about and I've had the contrast to like choose um to know that from now on like I'm cool healing without having intense pain first and I'm cool not having to do like all this deep deep healing in order to be able to thrive like I'm ready this isn't a dress rehearsal I'm ready to step into this new decade and have the 20s that I missed out on while I was like in um it felt like like a a mix between a wellness retreat and a mental hospital for for large large parts and a lot of hermit a lot of cocooning and just being really raw and yeah often really really dark times um real rock bottoms like the darkest depths where I just did not want to live at all and um, also didn't want to do anything about it, which I've learned is called suicidal ideation. Um, Yeah, I had no plans of self-harming, but I just um, constantly was like, please, please just take me off of this planet. Like, I'm so done. Please let it be easy. I just, and, and painless, but I just want to go and Um, and now being in a place where I feel stronger, I feel anger that feels so healing and cleansing, like right, rightful rage for, um, yeah, feeling protective of this precious being who went through a lot of shit and was treated in really, really harmful ways, um, And just wanting to protect that, like, that, that soul who came here to have good things and was knocked off her course so many times. Um, But I'm so committed to, like, honor that inner little me, that higher self me, and to get what the fuck I want. So my boundaries feel really clear. I feel very discerning. Like, I can sense a trauma bond a mile away. I've had a lot of tests come in in terms of like friendships and acquaintances where it's um this like karmic feeling of like um yeah, people who just really want to like be emotionally cared for and I don't do that shit anymore um there's been a lot of hard conversations 
in in most of my relationships, especially family, about just like honoring for myself that even though I am the black sheep of my family, I'm not wrong, even though I've been made to feel in many situations that I'm wrong and I have walked into family gatherings where people are giving me the silent treatment more than once, which is insane behavior and really childlike. Um, but yeah, I feel like I there's a possibility. I don't really say anything like spiritual spirituality-wise anymore, like with 100%, but I think there's a possibility that I incarnated into a family setting where I really was given the opportunity to live that like generator um, human design of like, I'm here to do what lights me up and that's my gift to you. I'm not here to worry about seeming selfish. I'm not here to be responsible for the emotional needs of others, to attend things out of guilt or obligation, but I'm here to shine and and spread warmth and joy from that inner light and excitement and glow and hopefully raise the, the vibration and all of that. So yeah, I am just reflecting on the last decade and I think I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll share a little bit about what I've learned, um, what I've experienced, the highlights, the downtimes, um, all of that. So if I think about myself at 20 years old, that was 2013. And I was just starting to get out of this year, the previous year that I had, um, of this very like 4D um, level of spirituality where I was like, very, very obsessed with um, what people would call conspiracy theories, which I actually think is a by design, um, like, um, invalidating term. Um, but just learning about the insanity of the food system, of, um, of so, so much that went on in the government and, um, yeah, it felt like I had a blindfold removed and, and so much made sense to me at a very, very deep level. And I was infuriated and I had a savior complex and I was also super freaked out about gluten and dairy. And again, it's like, it was all at the belief level. So I believed that the Wi-Fi router was very dangerous, that gluten and dairy and sugar were very harmful, um, that the government was evil and I was sort of helpless in the face of that. Um, you know, learning about GMOs and the connection between big pharma and big agro and all that. Um, Monsanto, all that shit. And it was not a good feeling. Um, and at the same time, I was feeling supported by crystals. Um, I just attracted, like, I attracted a woman who one day at work, I was wearing rose quartz earrings. One day at the gluten-free vegan bakery, I was wearing rose quartz earrings. And she asked me if I knew what they were, and I didn't. And she told me to cleanse them. And then the next day, she, like, had printed out and scanned um sheets about rose quartz and get, she gave me my like starter set of crystals it was like an amethyst a rose quartz a clear quartz and a tourmaline I think a black onyx as well and all the properties and like oh I'm feeling emotional thinking about that actually because it's like I've always attracted these people when I've worked in food service who come in and are just like angels and just like want to give to me and help me. And yeah, I was home. I took a gap year um, after like a really traumatic, horrible experience in Israel. Um, You know, there were, of course, there were some sweet spots, but mostly it was really, really bad. A really dark, heavy energy place with some really just like some assholes, like just a bunch of like mean girls. I was 19 and there were these girls in their 20s who were just, yeah, 
like bullies and um and I there was like a lot of family dysfunction and I got it it like showed up in my body and in acne and um it, I was just in a very very dark place and so the contrast of then coming home and um feeling while my friends were away at school and I had stayed home so this was the second half of my gap year I was working at this gluten-free bakery with my best friend Becca and um, we would just kind of like wander around Huntington and have like dates at the um, at the graveyard and it was just such a cozy it really Huntington Village at that time I always say it was like a cute little stars hollow um, but like more hip more chic there were like really cool places as well so so anyway so there was the crystal lady and then there was the yoga studio and I got really into Iyengar yoga practicing every single day um it was so crazy accessible from a price point um for like someone who was yeah just working in food service and yeah I worked at the bakery every day bright and early I was always there like super gung-ho about it um and all my friends other than Becca were were like people in their like 50s and 60s and 70s and it was just like this beautiful kind of how they say like it takes a village um it was this beautiful beautiful community of elders who raised me and loved me and supported me as I started to decide to become a teacher and just I felt so held um so yeah so as I've approached 30 I have had a lot of like um I've been like beating myself up about the fact that I didn't have like I didn't have much sparkly partying going to nightclubs kind of things and I think like a la sex in the city that'll be what my 30s is about because that is a huge part of who I am and like I love dancing and being shiny and it's that whole generator thing but um in a way I had to be, I had to like be rebirthed and and held in this way by elders to feel safe, um, to move on. So it's all like the developmental steps, I think. So that was 20, um, 21, I think of the year of ending relationship, like dating karma. Um, I was I ended up working at another place where I had it was like a cheese and wine bar and I had this amazing experience with like a bunch of younger people so that was sort of we would work together and then like work itself was very social and then um yeah and then go out to like the cute little like yeah gastro pubs and stuff in Huntington Village and um I remember this girl that I worked with at a cafe recently. She was like around 17 and she was a cap she's a Capricorn as well and she's like, "Yeah, like I pretty much just I love working at places where I'm friends with my coworkers because then I'm making money while socializing and then the rest of my time I can spend on like building my ideal career and future." And I'm like, "Yes, girl." That was another <laughs> that was another validating moment where I'm like, "Wow, I've always done that. Like I've always wanted to multitask." socializing with making money and so that was yeah 21 I remember vividly um one of the girls I work with I worked with who was a little bit older took me out for my first legal beer at um Swallow I believe or I don't even remember the name of it but this really cute little gastro pub in Huntington and um then we went and saw Frozen (laughs) And that was like, that's a pretty good, um, example of what it was like. I'm going to take a sip of my melting ice cubes. Excuse me. Um, there was still like that safety and the coziness of my like spiritual wellness practice. But then there was also this addition of like, young people who were living in the town and or were around my age and yeah like the social life we had there um and then I met a guy who I became completely obsessed with I wouldn't say in love with it was like 
a very, very, very intense attraction and there was a lot of cheating and what ended up happening um, after we broke up was that I realized that every single relationship that I had been in from a, from like my first boyfriend when I was 12 up until 21 um, was exactly the same and that I was looking for someone who interestingly was like super different culturally from me and um, very like closed off very masculine and like just didn't see me at all and that I loved the work of trying to get them to love me and see me but once they did I lost interest and I spent a lot of time um, just deeply in a very 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 dark place I haven't been in a place that dark since then since I was 21 um, because I was completely completely shattered um I felt so heartbroken I think now in retrospect it was like ego my ego had been shattered um that he hadn't chosen me and he had cheated on me but in the final attempt like I kind of had shown all my cards that I actually was not even if he cheated on me a million times I was always going to be there um even though I was playing hard to get and he ultimately chose to not be with me and to choose another girl that I was working with at the time and yeah there were a lot of interesting lessons um in that and I really immersed myself um in everything relationship focus so I read everything I read the book broken open which my mom actually read um during her divorce from my dad um it felt something like it felt like this seismic shift like it was huge I went to a lot of therapy um really stayed home a lot and friends would come to visit me I just remember like so much darkness around that um and yeah they would come to visit me and it was like I was in deep mourning and then at one point I couldn't sleep at home alone so I was sleeping on the couch at my mom and um, stepdad's apartment because my brother was home at the time during winter break so I was just like curled up on this couch just like in the the depths of, of despair it felt like and one day I was walking around campus um I went to like a local commuter school and I decided I just got this random very random feeling that I would go to this like little office um that yeah I just felt called to go there and then there was this like piece of paper that was talking about studying abroad and um just like it like in again it's kind of like the generator thing to just like you get an impulse and you act on it it's like this boom like no overthinking so I just like went and found myself in this office with this woman who was really kind and I was like I just need to get out of here like I need to study abroad next semester and I was so late for for this this like random insight I had never thought about studying abroad before that every single place that I could study was no longer available like Florence and um Barcelona and Paris like all the places that you think of going and the woman's like okay actually there's like a couple spots left available for Copenhagen I had no idea what Copenhagen like I had never I was just so not well traveled such an ignorant American at that time like young as well and um didn't go to a great school because I like I didn't apply myself at all during and I, I don't, wouldn't even say like apply myself is a judgment. I just, the school system never drive with me. So I, it was, yeah, I never, I literally never studied or did any homework throughout school. And somehow, even with that, was able to get passed with like 77 GPA or something. But, um, but anyway, so I was not a worldly one and I knew, I knew nothing about Copenhagen um and yeah decided to apply and got in 
and bought tickets and didn't really do much much research and found myself going from like getting on the plane being just like in again I would say depths of despair um deeply heartbroken depressed all of it and getting on this plane and landing and I don't remember what time it was when we arrived but I know I was in this um in this like dorm room in a hostel with eight other girls who were all fast asleep and jet lagged and I got up it must have been actually a Sunday morning and I got up and I walked out of the hostel and just walked and walked and walked and just found myself in this city that I had never seen and it was very surreal and I looked around and I felt bliss I felt like I am home, like a feeling that I had searched for my entire life, had never felt and still don't feel in Israel, my birthplace, um, in anywhere in the States. Um, Yeah, just this deep joy. And it was the strangest thing where nothing had really shifted externally yet. And it started to snowball and this was one of the happiest times in my life, but I was suddenly like joyous. And I, it was, I kind of looked around and I noticed like the things that the other people around me were getting like pissed off about and like getting in like dramas and stuff about ins- like, I didn't have an Instagram or anything like the things that they really cared about. I'm like, guys, like this is bliss. How are we in anything but bliss right now? So that contrast was really huge and again like had this beautiful time where I felt like I had met my people um and they were yeah people who went to really really good schools um which I could have if I spent like any amount of effort in on in school but um were able to kind of relate and I could see that their minds were complex and um yeah, I was able to really relate to this whole group of people, which I haven't, I hadn't found, um, at any point before, whether I was in like spiritual circles or self-improvement places or just anywhere. Um, and the only issue was that I was placed. So this is like, I think it's, it's one of, if not the most expensive, um, study abroad programs, you can do and so there's this huge amount that you pay for housing um but housing can be like an apartment in the center of copenhagen or a dorm building anywhere in the like greater copenhagen region and i was placed in bumblefuck in a really like rundown um student housing building and again was totally blissed out but there was horrendous black mold like covering my bathroom the kitchen was um unlivable people like the first day people like stole my all my food and I was still like la 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 like again walking on air so it was okay but I remember speaking to my mom about it and we're like okay you you could tomorrow get an apartment in the center you could be in this like the fanciest um dorm building like again, like right in the center by the canals, like you can live wherever you want. Cause again, everyone paid the same amount. Um, and it was really weird, but I was given this option. And at the last minute I decided for whatever reason, I couldn't logically explain it, that I wanted to stay in this dorm building. But however, because I was saying, I was like, okay, something needs to be done about this kitchen it is unlivable it was really gross and I found out that there was something called a kitchen manager and they were in charge of making sure that everyone was paying their deposit their monthly deposit to get cleaning like cleaning supplies and washing their dishes and even like organizing like get-togethers and stuff and so I wrote this like very strongly worded letter and I'm like okay this is your responsibility like these 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 like um these conditions are not livable like please own up whoever you are kitchen manager and I posted it 
And this anonymous kitchen manager like wrote back, like, you got it. Cause I basically, I left a like paper letter on the bulletin board in the communal kitchen. And then there was a letter when I came back, like, okay, we're going to get this together and have a meeting. And long story short, I didn't attend the meeting and did not find out who the kitchen manager was. Um, but on, in the hallway where I lived, there was this room that Whenever I passed it, I felt like weirdly magnetized. I'm like, why? This is very creepy. I wouldn't like stand outside of it, but I would like inspect the door and had stickers on it. And I remember thinking like, I feel like whoever lives in this room, um, like I want to know who they are. And it turned out that the kitchen manager lived in that room that they were never seen because they were like super, like they hated living in this dorm building. Um, that their ex-girlfriend had the role of kitchen manager and then they like got it by default and didn't even want it. And yeah, just would like spend all their time out with friends or like just avoiding, like eating in their dorm room. Like people knew about this person. And yeah, I just, I hadn't met them. And then one day I was, I was like staying up late typing out a paper about marriage in Denmark and how it was, um, uncommon and just like comparing I was I studied psychology so yeah just talking about like love and marriage and relationships and trying to understand the difference and I this like guy walks into the kitchen and I'm like hey do you have like a few minutes it was like 11 o'clock at night um just to like talk about love and marriage and like your views on it and your views on relationships and and he like sat down and was like, yeah, sure. And talked about his parents and their relationship. And um, yeah, I felt this connection to this person. And this person was Mike, my current, my soulmate lover man who almost eight years later were still together. So obviously, well, so I turned 22 right before coming to Denmark. And so to me, 22 was just like the year of Mike that I met him and I have realized after living while I'm so grateful to live in Denmark that that feeling of coming home was and that like the intuit the intuitive hit to like live in this like mold-ridden disgusting dorm building and even just the the weird like magnetic feeling I had to this person's door um like all of that was just about Mike and and so this feeling of coming home yeah um and interestingly like while that's amazing it also helped me to really have this feeling of like what unconditional love feels like and created this like safe home for me to actually look at all the ways that love in my life was conditional and all this trauma that I had repressed and yeah created this really safe home um for for me to like embark on a lot of healing so I would say like 22 23 as I finished up my degree and became a health coach and um, a yoga teacher like things kind of started getting like kind of hints that maybe I wasn't this like bright light easygoing person and that I actually was carrying around like a backpack of like dark energy trauma um depression that I kind of looked the other way from and just smiled through little hints of it started coming up and I started feeling myself going into a dark place um especially around career and feeling lost um and at the same time like really starting to um yeah, starting to immerse myself in the work of health coaching and all of that. 24 was this like quantum leap year where I decided to live in Tel Aviv for a few months. Um, I became fluent in Hebrew and I launched a business that I believe within, let me see, I launched it in July Um, I believe by January I had made 
like $60,000 in it. All of it I invested directly into the business. So there was like no real profit um, because that's, again, what I had learned was the way that you do it. But just insane to make so much money so quickly um, and to be so out there, so shiny, like showing up online all the time. Um, I felt really incredible health-wise. I felt like I finally belonged in Israel. Um, yeah, fluent, speaking fluently, living. I had this incredible privilege to have the opportunity to, to live in like Nevet Sedek, the most cute, lovely area of Tel Aviv, and practice Gaga dance every day, which I loved. I really feel like I'm a dancer um, deep down, like in my soul. And I just danced every day and lay on the beach in Tel Aviv and had almond milk lattes and wrote posts and shared myself and grew and grew and grew. And it felt like total expansion, like a total summer month of life. And, um, yeah, I was traveling all over and towards the end of my 24th year, um, I was staying at this beautiful, I had this opportunity and I was staying at this like beautiful hotel in Amsterdam that had infrared saunas and like the most gorgeous breakfast spreads and like walking around and, um, just having so much fun. And yeah, I came home to find out that there had been, that there was a real, um, crisis in my in-law, my family in-laws, um, we had to leave our apartment where we were living, where we were staying we were our family through family we were we had an apartment to stay in which was very lucky but within like a month we found ourselves living in the middle of nowhere um in this cottage that didn't have heat um that just had a um like a wood burning oven um and yeah there was something very beautiful about that because it was snowy and by like again like in the middle of the forest walking distance to the beach um, but it was also totally isolated and I had, you would have to like take a bus for an hour to get anywhere. And, um, my business started failing. Um, and I started feeling that like dark, this like weird, ominous, dark feeling that, um, I kind of tried to dog paddle and tread water and stay at the surface, but I was getting, I felt myself getting tired and getting pulled, down. Um, and I had this moment where things were kind of, I was starting to see what had really gone on with the coaching industry and like how dark the coach that I had hired had been and how manipulative and how like mistreated I had been by her and just how yucky the industry felt and how yucky it felt what I was doing and how unsustainable. And I just felt so deeply alone. Um, and I was looking through because we had like moved really, we had to like gather all our things and move out like literally overnight. And I was just like organizing the boxes and this picture came out. And this was when I, the extent of my like wellness or whatever spirituality stuff, the extent of it was like very, very surface, like think positive, think positive and law of attraction and yoga and mantras I didn't know I didn't know there was a thing called inner child healing I didn't know anything about shadow um the therapy I had been in had also been in retrospect very spiritual bypassy we hadn't gotten at all into anything related to my childhood but this picture popped out and I just saw this like three-year-old me with like a shiny little halo of black curls and these like big eyes and like just a sweet little face and I like looked into her eyes and I just started crying and crying and crying and I crawled up in a little ball and I was like I'm gonna you deserve better you deserve so much better and I would say from that moment that was sort of the deep depths that um that I got into where everything fell apart really rapidly so it started with just that like weird dark feeling then my health fell apart like overnight um all the friendships 
that I had been attracting as like an expat in a new city, I was able to see how dysfunctional they were and how they were reflections of my childhood, of um, a relationship I had to a primary caregiver that was totally codependent and enmeshed. And I was basically just there to be the therapist and the emotional punching bag for these girls. And um, there was this really, really bad ending of one friendship and then I was left with one other friend who it still felt so one-sided and so draining and that ended um I got this is like I'm talking about 24 25 um at 26 I had a falling out with a very major person in my life who had kind of been my world um my whole life and I was very defensive of and very enmeshed with and things were kind of brought to the light of how unhealthy that dynamic was. And I stopped speaking to this primary adult family member. Um, And yeah, I was just dragged down. And then um, at some point before 26, I like came up for air and I was feeling like, okay, I got this. Things are good. Um, I was making money again. I was feeling vibrant and healthy. I felt like, okay, I got this on lock. She's back. Um, and then had another, had a really like traumatic birthday situation, another really karmic, dramatic falling out with a friend, um, like overnight again, saw that this was another reflection, like another bit of where there was like um, this emotional beanbag stuff. Um, So that ended and of course, then it's 2020, I'm 27 now and Corona came and I started getting pulled down again. I got horrendous cystic acne all, all over my face from, I didn't know it, but it was from this like face wash that I was using, um, pharmacy, it's called like F-A-R-M, like it was like a honey bee face wash. Um, but I was of course like, okay, doing it like this has to be like a deep, hard process of healing, um, which was a subconscious thing. So I was like doing like 10 medical medium liver cleanses to try to heal it. And it wasn't budging and cutting everything out, cutting more and more out. And, um, yeah, started going into that dark place again when I came home. Um, and that came home to Denmark. And then 28 was, um, yeah, I remember turning 28 and having this little birthday campfire celebration with two of my close friends and my mom and stepdad and just talking about like what I wanted to call in that year and the vibrancy and the fun and all of that. Like again, this idea of what your 20s should be. And yeah, 28 and 29 have been nothing like that. It has been the cystic acne came back and I finally permanently cleared that, which will be another episode on like the getting the energetic, um, mastery around skin and as well as like the the actual skin skincare stuff that lasted and the soul lesson behind that um really really rock bottom in health and body and food and just in the last couple months like there has been a lot of stuff that has come up that like my language around it is um is like through the to be magnetic process of manifestation is like a lot of tests have come up to be like okay like you're gonna get this experience with family again where they're gonna you know test to see if you actually are gonna feel worthy of having this boundary of not becoming emotionally enmeshed like let's see if you let's see how you're doing and so I was that's been a lot um but also like beautiful things like the books that have come in, like rekindling um, this love for the light and fluffy and cozy through um, books and TV shows, um, having really sweet connections with the people at work that I have met and um, voice noting my cousin, for example, and like sharing the things we're baking. So the happy little things and the lattes and all that. Um, yeah, feeling like I can be more honest and speak more 
truthfully and letting go of the need to be perceived in a certain way, um, saying no a lot, saying a lot of no's to things that don't align, um, beautiful relationships that I have made online of, yeah, friendships where we just voice note and get each other so much and the gift of that. Um, and right now I'm doing the work again. Like I'm in a place of doing a lot of work. I'm doing the to be magnetic, uh, year end manifestation challenge. I am in a group program, um, with an amazing coach that feels really good. And I am plan. I'm quitting this job or I quit this job. So, I'm, um, yeah, I'm done with food service and I'm ready. I'm ready to turn 30 tomorrow. I am ready for Mars to go direct tomorrow, which is interesting that it's on the day of my birthday. I remember when I turned 27, there was like a major astrological thing happening. And I just, again, I feel more precious and um, protective of myself and my joy and yeah, getting what I want than ever before. So I'm ready. I'm excited. I hope you enjoyed this long storytelling of the decade that was my twenties. Um, yeah. And I know there were, I didn't really share many happy little things. This was like very deep, but next episode airing in two weeks, I will share about what I did for my 30th and, um, yeah, a roundup of some favorite things that I've collected. So I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you guys so much for being here and yeah, sending a lot of love.